0: Here's your dose of healthy infotainment. These are genuine conversations and real discussions for your health and vitality journey. I'm Chloe LaVray. I'm Alia Abdullah. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to The Continua, Continua Podcast.
1: Jinx. <laughs> Water, smoothie, something.
0: <laughs> I think we're good. Music. Hey, all. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That was nothing like you with Kaytranada and Ty
0: Dolla (laughs) Sign. Summer song, summer song. That's good. Yes. I was kind of. I was trying to think what. Would I what would I be doing while listening to that song? I'm a driver, so Yeah. So I love I would
1: probably be driving up the coast and playing music and have the windows down. The way some people might pace, I drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do know that about you. I, I will bust a mission. I have to kind of catch yeah, myself because I would end up driving <laughs> one week later. <laughs>
0: Hello all. Welcome.
1: Yes. We are pretty basic and but healthy basic, so we sip of the day, both only have water.:
0: Yes, but I have fancy water. I'm not basic. I'm You're not bourgeois. basic. I have bougie water today. My
1: favorite bourgeois water, <laughs> which is Pellegrino.
0: I have spa- I have the bubbly water today. <laughs> you
1: have the healthy bubbly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but we are excited for our guest who we are going to have on today.
0: So we have Priscilla Loomis, who is a retired professional track and field athlete specializing in high jump, became a Big East champion, four-time NCAA competitor, four-time MVP, and USA Olympic trials finalist. But wait, there's more. But but wait, there's more. (laughs) She is a 2016 Olympian, two-time Pan American Games silver medalist, world championship competitor, Priscilla, in a nutshell, is an entrepreneur, an Olympian, world traveler, health and wellness advocate, failure and fighter, wife and warrior, promoting positive energy, self-love, and courage to be the best version of yourself. Priscilla has a nonprofit organization called the Priscilla E. Frederick Foundation to help single-parent households and communities. Without further ado, Priscilla. Priscilla,
1: <laughs> one more Hello. time, one more time.
2: <laughs> Hello, hi, how are you? We're so good. How are you? You guys are absolutely fantastic. I love it. And <laughs> uh, you are a hundred percent right. Sparkling water is bougie, but <laughs> I'm here for queen. I am so here for this it. That's what I'm telling water you. Just hits you right? Like it just hits right. It
0: does. I want my own sparkling water, I guess you can call it, machine in machine. my house. Mm-hmm. And they have, they, they sell them everywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I haven't bought one yet.
1: It just hits different.
0: Well, thank you so much for being with us today.
1: So speaking of obstacles, though, so I would throw high jump in the category of obstacles for me. <laughs>
0: for real? So
1: can you give us a little bit of a backstory on how you became a high jumper?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I wish I could tell you that was this epiphany and like the clouds parted and like showed me the high jump. It was really just in high school. I went to a predominantly white high school and they were like, Ooh, tall, thin, obviously black girl. She's got to have some kind of ability. We're going to throw you in this. There you go. Wow. Okay. An old coach. You know, remember the books where you would flip the books. And the picture would move.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. I think they were called flip books. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. That's how I learned. And that's how I was shown. And I was uh-huh. like, all right. Wow. So then I, you know, I got crazy. over a couple bars low. And you're just like, okay, I feeling great about my life. <laughs> and in track and field in high school, the beginning of meets, usually it's a relay. So you have to work with somebody and all I had to do was get over the bar and clear it so that my teammate could continue to compete. So, I, and they oh. couldn't find anybody. Everyone was like, you know, knocking the bar down. And it was like four feet. He was like, this is ridiculous. So I cleared probably like four, 10, five foot. And they were like, yep, you're going to keep doing this. And so it kind of, you know, kind of grew from there. My mom realized that I was doing really well. She got me a private coach. And he, Coach thousands of kids in the tri-state area because he was very good. He was on um, the U.S. Olympic like, development team and he was on world championship teams. And so, you know, he knew his stuff. And so once I started doing that, I kept getting better and I took it a little bit more serious, but my whole life was on stage. I loved being a part of, you know, plays and uh, musical oh. theater. I loved that. That was my first passion. I was going to go to New York and become Beyonce. And then the original Salina, because that's who I grew mm. up watching. It was like these powerful independent women. And I was like, yes, it's my calling in life. And so the track was kind of an afterthought to me because I would eat like a bucket of chicken. I was like, mom, I'm hungry. So i eat chicken and then go jump. And I would win. <laughs> and people will get so mad you like, how is she doing this? It's supposed to be commitment and dedication and focus. I was like, hey, I'm going to kick your butt and I'm going to keep it moving, okay? Right. And I'm going to continue eating my fried chicken. Right.
0: <laughs> You're like, let me just put this down real quick. I'm going to clear this.
2: Right. That's exactly how it was. So I kind of got into it and I did take it. Like I took the hygiene practices seriously and I started to get better and better. And then it was a, it was a meeting with my guidance counselor. And he was like, all right, you got to go to school. What are you going to do? Told my Beyonce plan, foolproof, as you can tell. And he, you know, because he told me before you even step on campus, it's $180,000 that you owe. The way my Applebee's paycheck is coming through, I don't see this happening. So he said academic or athletic scholarship was the way to go. And he kind of told me bluntly, I'm not good enough. Okay. That's all I heard. Yeah. So I said, tell me what I have to do and I'm going to do it. And it was the following weekend. It was prom night, Friday night. And then we had a big track meet counties on Saturday. My mom, she wouldn't let me go down to shore with all my friends and like do the after party. She was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to come get you if you don't take the limo home. <laughs> and I was like, fine, never mind. Yeah. I'll be home. Don't do it. And the next day I jumped five, nine broke the county record. Wow. You know, like broke the school record. And it was that's when I realized that pressure, people doubting me, it really does motivate me. So I went on and I kept doing better, became a state champ. And then I went to, to Nike Nationals, which was everybody in, in the country uh, in high school. And I got fourth. And St. John's came, came a calling and uh, said they want to give me a full ride. And I said, Where are you? <laughs> he said oh, we're in New York I said perfect Beyonce checklist it's right. and I signed right there I didn't even see the campus so that's kind of how it happened it was really just about people doubting who I was and me proving them wrong and so I mean, that's how- that's how- it's all
1: on its own though it is a story on its own and it's also I think the simplicity of it is choice which is a very yeah. beautiful thing here you're literally saying I made a series of choices and your series of choices got you to where you are today. Yeah. And it came with the doubt. It came with people who didn't believe yep. in you. And it it makes the the plight, I think, seem more realistic and attainable instead of waiting like, oh, this is it. This is the one. And this is how I knew.
2: Yeah. And that's yeah. how my whole journey has been. My entire career has just been out of the journey and learning from it. And so I think that's why my story is as powerful as it is, which I never saw it being. I never saw this. I always saw the Serena Williams, like the winners, right? Their stories, the movies that you see, you're like, wow, look at this. But my whole journey was people doubting me and being the underdog and me learning from those experiences and In the beginning, I was negative about them, and then I just changed the narrative. And I was like, "Mm, I don't think so, because I'm not getting anything from being negative and getting down on myself. I said, so let me change this narrative and say, how did I grow from this? How did I get better from this? How am I becoming the best version of myself through this? And I realized that there were so many things that were creating this, this warrior in me and this diamond All this pressure and all these cuts and all these bruises and all this, you know, trying to figure out which lane to to go into and so many things, so many negative things that I just decided that it wasn't negative. It was just making me better. Mm -hmm. So I, yes, I did make that decision. I made that choice and that's how I live my life. It's just making sure that everything that I come across is bettering me in some way or I'm learning and I'm growing from it.
0: Yeah, I'm so in agreement with everything that you're saying. <laughs> and mindset—it's so powerful. Your mind is powerful, and people don't Definitely. understand. If you can tap into it, you can truly do anything you want to do. And it's because you—you're deciding to do it. You have the choice to see, to learn the lesson, to see the good in, in the situation, to come out yeah. stronger from it.
2: Once I told my story to CNN about weight issues. And people commenting back to me who were cancer survivors and eating disorder survivors. And they're like, I had, I found so much power in your story. I was like, wow, for me? So that's why I'm writing a book. And there's so many different chapters about your mental. Mm-hmm. It's about you. And it's the Olympic mindset. Everyone's like, oh, well, you're an Olympian. That's why you can do that. Nabu, I had to work to earn this. <laughs> right, right, yes. right. <laughs> Behind it, yeah. Um, yes, exactly. of course, I had God-given talents. I, there, there's, of course, but you think that I'm one of the only people that are talented in the world? There's uh, so many talented athletes, but right. what happens is they decide to to quit because it got too hard. Right, right, and so this Olympic mindset also teaches you that it's it, it's a muscle. Yes. Positive thinking isn't just a one time you read a quote and you move on and then it uh, automatically changes. Mm-hmm. Nah, boo, It is a struggle. It is a grind. It is an everyday kind of thing. In order for me to do the high jump, I practiced all the time and my body became this temple. What I What I fed myself, what I read, what I listened to, the people I surrounded myself with, it was a sacrifice. I was in a bubble. I had to protect this temple right? And so people need to start thinking of themselves as these elite athletes. Yeah. Think of yourselves as Olympians. What do you need to do to get to your Olympics? Right. Yes. Right. Whatever, whatever it is. Right. Whatever it is. Exactly. But it's a habit. Yeah. You got to keep working at it. Yeah. If you want to be more positive, it's going to have to be an everyday thing. Whatever you're reading, it's got to be motivating you. If you need little notes on your mirror in your car. Whatever, I have notes on my mirror. Yes. See, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like it's it's a habit. So for you to change your mindset and it is powerful. It's what athletes do when they get hurt. They get injured. They can't practice. You go through the, the muscle memory of writing the story. And I work with this with my sports psychologist. She was like write out the entire like your approach. From the start, what you hear, what you feel, are you sweaty? Are you nervous? What is that? And take me through the entire approach and you clearing it. So when I pulled my hamstring right before the Olympics, I told myself that story 10 times a day. And I would just sit there. It could be anywhere. I would be like at brunch and I'd be like, all right, give me two seconds. And it would be like a two minute thing and I would just go through and I would like replay it. And I was right back into it. Yeah. As soon as I got back and healthy, I wasn't scared. I wasn't nervous. I was like, let's get back into it. And of course, okay. I competed at the Olympics. Yeah. So The power
0: of visualization.
2: Right. Powerful. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah.
0: And it could be people think it's woo-woo. Listen, maybe uh, some of it is, but you are proof yeah. <laughs> that, sure, it, that it worked for you. You got to the Olympics. You got to your Olympics, which was literally the Olympics. But okay, you said a lot. And I did want to go back a little bit because yeah. I want to go back to the part where you were talking about when you were on CNN yes. and you were talking about your body image. Yes. Tell us more about that.
2: So I was approached via my publicist because she was like, you know, Priscilla, I know your story. Do you feel comfortable sharing it? And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? It could either go really great or really horribly. And so it was the first time that I had spoken about weight issues. And I don't, I've never had an eating disorder. I just love to eat. I, I, I never, growing up, I was always considered the twig, you know, thin, tall, and in the sport world, everything changed. So The CNN piece was all about this journey of how I viewed weight and how it affected me because after being an athlete, and it was right after one of the girls who was like this New York phenom had signed with Nike, and her name was Mary Kane, and she went pro right out of high school, and we never saw her again, and we didn't understand why, and so she wrote this article about how she was abused with weight they would put her on a scale every single day she wasn't running the times and the coach was just like it was her weight it was her weight it was her weight mind you it was not right like so she was breaking records in high school and then all of a sudden she got to college and everyone was like oh you're not good enough she was beating half the pros right like you know what I- and so that whole it was it was like the night of uh, the Oregon project mm-hmm. and they shut it down And so I remember being in college and you think like your dreams are coming true and then it all comes crumbling down. And so reading that article, I said, there's a lot of power in my story. So I went to NCAAs and I was having an ice cream and I was about to take a bite. And another coach came and was like, put that down. You can't eat that. And my coach was right next to me. And I was just like, okay, I'm just going to put this down slowly. Why am I not allowed to eat? I'm comfortable in my body. I obviously got here for the premier meet of all colleges. So it was one of those things where it was really shocking to me that somebody could come out their mouth and tell me about myself and they don't know my training. And then it started. My teammates in Antigua, we were at world championships and they were like, oh, you're looking a little thick. And it would just be every so often that people would just say things. Because a lot of it, I just let it roll off. or Whatever, I don't really care. But I was at the Commonwealth Games in Australia and I got fifth. And I was so excited because the previous one, which was four years before, I got 28th. So I was really proud of myself. And so I went to the bar to celebrate and a guy looked at me and was like, oh, you're the high jumper. You know, if you lost however many kilograms, you would have done better. Oh my God. And these are the kinds of things That would happen all the time. And I never saw it as an issue. And then it just something switched, and I was like, oh my God, every girl that was beating me was taller and skinnier. So now I need to lose weight. And my coach at the time was like, no, you just have to adjust it. But it didn't matter because the numbers were there and it was on Google and it was a fact that I was shorter, I was heavier, and I wasn't jumping what they were. Mm -hmm. So it was this battle for a while, and then I'll never forget this moment. Katie Majot, who is now the Olympic gold medalist, pole vaulter, female pole vaulter for the U.S. I listened to her podcast when we were in quarantine, and she was like, I struggled with weight for a little bit. And then somebody came up to me and said, do you know what you weigh on the day of the meet? And she was like, no. She was like, so how do how can you say weight is an issue if you have no idea what you weigh during a meet? What if you're the most heavy and you PR? You won't know that. And I was like, that's true. I have no idea when I'm competing what my weight actually is. I have no idea when I've PR'd what I what I weighed, and I have no idea when it's a bad day. But I would drink an entire pot of coffee the day, the morning of a meet so that I could flush my system out and be as light as possible. It's the craziest thing. So that there were certain things that I would do. And so the CNN piece was really freeing to me. There were coaches that didn't want to say anything, didn't want to go on record saying certain things. And I thought to myself, am I crazy? Did I? No, they felt bad about what they said. So it was really freeing. I'm so glad that I did it. And I'm glad that people found power through my story, mm-hmm. but now moving forward, you know, throughout my entire career, I can take it. If I need to be the person that goes through it and. You know, people can learn from my lessons and my journey then I, then so be it. But I, feel bad that athletes have to go through it. And I hope that through my story that they know what the facts are. Mm-hmm. Get professional help. Get the right coach. Get the right person that's going to help you get to your Olympics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what I did. I got a nutritionist, you know, I got a sports psychologist. I got people that were going to help me. Mm-hmm. And the same way, whatever, whoever is trying to look for something, get a mentor or a coach that's going to help you get there.
0: Yes, wow! Because you don't have to do it alone.
2: Like, yeah, we were, you
0: know, we were just talking to someone about that. Yeah, you can have a circle of people to help move you forward.
2: Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Your circle needs to help you move forward. Right. I'm right. reading this, this this book called Professional Troublemaker, and oh, I heard about that in one. it, she talks about her circle. She was like, "There's there's friends for everything, there, <laughs> and you need to have those." friends that are day one you need to have your business friends but there's got to be people that you can you got to take the honesty from them and make sure that they want it because they want you to grow they want you to thrive so keep those people around and know who they are when i was training everybody around me had to help me and there were people that i didn't see for years because i can't go out and party that's not the stage of my life that i'm in you know and so there were different people for every part of part of my life And my, my solid core knew what I was doing and they supported me and they, they, they were right by my side and, you know, texting me, Hey, you got this, keep going. But it is a solo journey. Mm -hmm. I do a solo sport. It's a lot of self-reflection and Mm self-motivation. And so everything that was around me and surrounded me had to motivate me or I had to cut it out. And that was the easy, the easiest decision that I made. I was very good at cutting out negativity. Yeah. <laughs> nobody's blocking my blessings on any part of this
0: journey. Right. Yeah. yeah. Track already is a very individual sport, but then yeah. you go into the nitty gritty of each event and it's even more hyper-focused. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And with high jump, I, I do have a question. So you went to the 2016 Olympics. Yes. And did you have, and do you have to have, a sponsor? Were you sponsored by a company? Does that have to happen to even
2: qualify? Yeah. qualify. You just need a country. Okay. A country. I was an unsigned athlete my entire career. Which It's one of those, you know, eye-opening, it was a struggle. And that's why I'm very proud to, to wear underdog and warrior as part of who my brand and who I am, because I did, I did it all on my own.
0: Um, Why did you do it all on your own?
2: There were, there's a lot, there's a couple different reasons. It's one extremely competitive and brands only care about the top three. It's all they care about. Mm. So even though I was coming in, you know, I was competing, I was traveling around the world. It's difficult to be, an international athlete because I represented Antigua and Barbuda and I live in the U.S. So that's one a little bit more difficult. And I just wasn't what they wanted. And then it comes into like colorism. Right. Mm -hmm. So they really didn't want the dark skinned black girl back then with the purple hair. Like that was just me. And so
1: I applaud you for doing that boldly back Mm -hmm. then.
2: Oh yeah! I when I really... met her, she had purple hair. I listen.
1: <laughs> I I love it. I'm excited that it's now appreciated currently, yeah. but I yeah. can only imagine back then what it was like yeah.
2: at oh, that yeah. time
1: yeah. when it wasn't trendy. It wasn't trendy.
2: Yeah, call it, it out was, for what it is. Yeah, it was just out. I was you know outlandish. I was just the girl with the purple hair. That's like kind of what I was known for. And at the Olympics, it was awesome because. You know, one of these blogs called me like the, the baddie, the purple hair baddie. And I was like, oh, okay, like let me let me do this. That's a great nickname. <laughs> I mean, there was certain, there was, I wasn't jumping what, you know, the top three were jumping. So I was unsigned. I had to make a way for myself. I had to earn a check. So I started a cleaning business. So I was cleaning people's homes in order to make a way because I can't eat whatever. I have to have a, a strict regimen. I had to pay my coaches. I had to pay for, you know, physical therapy. I have to pay for my sports psychologist. All of this came on me and God, thankfully I, you know, I was on Olympic solidarity, but on record, I made $12,000 a year being a professional athlete. No one can live on that. right? Right. So I had to find other ways. And I, my, my one coach always said, he was like, you never want to wait by the phone, like waiting for opportunities. pick up the phone, start making opportunities. Create your own
0: opportunities. Right.
2: So that's what I did. And so my, you, it's a lot easier because I was competing against girls, you know, who had, were making 60, $70,000 a year. They were supported by their government. They didn't have to pay for clothes or anything like that. And I had to buy my own sneakers. I had to buy my own, you know, sports bra and socks and all this kind of stuff. So I did it all on my own. And it's a badge of honor that I wear, but as black women, that's what we do. I've had to be that warrior. I've had to be the underdog, but I've also, it's been my superpower. And that's why these opportunities come and I'm making them my myself because I have to. And if I want to be seen, I have to tell my own narrative. And it was honestly a little, maybe a little freeing for me because yeah, if I was signed by Nike, they tell me exactly how to be. And there were companies, Allison Felix, they, Nike dropped her after she got pregnant. I don't want anything. I don't want to represent something like that. So, and so what did right. she do?
0: She created her own company. Right. <laughs> hey.
2: Right. So it, it's really uplifting. It's really powerful. Even when I got COVID in 2021, people found power in that because of me not making the Olympics, I learned so much. I was the honorary captain of a Jets game. And who would have thought that, huh, you know, through cool. this struggle, I got this incredible opportunity. I was on CNN again because I didn't make it, you know? And so I, I changed the narrative mm-hmm. and it helped out a lot. And so I've learned so much through this and, you know, doing it on my own, I had to create my own team. I created who I wanted to surround myself with. And so I trained by myself I made opportunities by myself. And so I'm very, very blessed and humbled by my journey.
1: I love that we're unpacking this. I agree with you. When you are given God-given abilities, you still have to take action. You still have to do something. You want the opportunity. You still right. need to knock on the door. Yes. Yeah.
2: yeah, absolutely. I think J- yeah, J. Cole said, he's like, you got to go after everything you pray for. It's either Drake or J. Cole or something like that. And I was like, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. You just sit there,
0: wait on the couch, I'm like, please, Laura, please get me right. this job. <laughs> Mitch, did you apply? Right? <laughs> right. Oh, my God. I literally saw a, someone I follow posted something the other day. It was something about that. Yeah, I always, like, teeter <laughs> from <laughs> just wait and the net will appear or, right. like, just wait and the good things will happen to me if I just keep believing. Yeah, And... I'm going to work hard and this is going to happen to me, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, you want both because <laughs> everything happens for a reason. You want to believe all that, but yeah. then also you still have to put in the work. <laughs> yes.
2: For the thing for- to happen to you, right. you know? Right. Like, exactly. Exactly. Everything happens for a reason because you let up because to it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think people do get hung up on that. Well, I'm stuck between do I wait and God's plan. I'm like, God's <laughs> plan if you if you are healthy you woke up this morning you got two eyes two legs like if you if god gave you the opportunities boo boo you gotta do something you can't just sit there
0: right oh. you're like are you woke or not? Nah? <laughs> <laughs> that'll be the title of the part right you are the epitome of making lemonade with the lemons that were given to you
2: oh yes i like i make a lemon martini boo <laughs> yes oh <laughs> I love, love, it. I love it i love it you're getting that lemon teeny out here. Right. Yes.
1: Lemon tini. Yes.
2: I'm a hundred percent. You gotta be, I, I just, every, everything in my life now that I'm retired. Now I realize that I want to give back. And I realize that the number one thing is to be like a walking billboard. I need to be exactly the energy that I want to receive the people that I want to like be around. And so now I just want to be a symbol of God's love. And, you know, of hard work and the warrior spirit and the super, you know, the super woman. And so that's what I'm doing. So everybody that comes in contact with me, I hope that they get something from me, from, you know, talking, from my speaking events, no matter what, I hope people are more motivated or happy or can kind of find something good just by being around me and speaking with me. I love pouring out into other people's cups to make them full because I do a really good job of making sure that I protect who I am Mm -hmm. and I'm filling up my cup as well. I feel that it's really important to be the change that I want to see, Mm be the light, be the fabulous, you know, diva that I am. And I wear my crown really straight, really high. And I now after watching Schitt's Creek, I love that line that Alexis says, she says. I don't skate through life. I walk through life in really high heels. <laughs> and that's it. I walk through life in really high heels, unapologetically. And I and I take up space because I belong here. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's it. And I think there should be no reason why anybody should feel less about themselves and should not think the best of who they are. Because God put you on this earth, you better better show up and show out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely seems like you have you have found your vocation in life mm-hmm. and yes. that's to be a motivational speaker. I'm, so and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm I sure being what? a motivational speaker is tough. Yeah, like, that's a tough gig. And you have to be so sure of yourself yes. when you're talking and you have to emote like crazy. And you're you're doing just that in just the hour that we've been talking to you. You know, that's we can crazy. tell and we are receiving the things that you are telling us. Yes. <laughs> all the energy we can fill it it. through zoom yeah yeah (laughs) we have just a couple more questions for you one how difficult was it to balance your sport and your personal life specifically with your significant other because I know you're married now
2: yeah um I know honey I know to be honest my whole life has been about balance so you You know, you can't balance everything. Mm -hmm. You can't. What's important to you? Right. What is going to help you get better? And that's what I balanced. So I will say balance is something that I had to work at and I had to get better at. Once I started dating my husband, the first thing that he said was, oh, I don't want to date Carmen San (laughs) Diego. And then I had to really unpack what that meant is, yeah, we're going to be away from each other. We're not going to be able to see each other, but with those sacrifices, it built a really strong foundation. Mm -hmm. We created this life that worked for us. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I can't wait to write about is my relationship because it took a lot of work on both of our parts. We got married because of a track meet in Ireland. We couldn't afford a really big wedding. I competed on a Thursday and we got married on a Friday.
0: Yeah. Fitting is that though? Yeah.
2: Would you have had it any other way? Yeah. No. No. And it was um, like it literally just worked. Yeah. It was a balance. And he really supported my mission and he became that support system. So we both felt like we were marrying up. That's what a rela- a
0: good relationship and a healthy
1: yes. relationship Becoming your best is. versions of yourself yes. together. Yes, is
2: leveling up together. But I am extremely blessed. It's a, it's a friendship. And I thank God every day for this marriage. So I'm very fortunate for my husband.
0: That's beautiful. We're very for happy fastest. for you. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's incredible. That's
2: so
1: incredible. we do have a fun question. We have two questions, but one fun question first. If you had to choose a song to describe your 2021, what would that song be?
2: My 2021.
1: Yes. So last year.
2: Yeah, it was, it was a really transformative year. I retired. That's a really good question. I, there's. So many different songs that I want to I have to pull up Spotify right now so I can I can look at some songs, but it was all about just becoming me. So there's a song uh by you know Sophia Carson and it's called Loud, and it's just about living out loud and just being yourself. But then you can also get into honestly, like the real feeling of who I am with Chloe. You know how I feel Like her songs, jam.
0: They did, yeah. They, like they that. are. They hit. Mm-hmm. They yes. hit. <laughs> okay, and yes. okay. So we have one yes. final question for you. Yes. How would you describe the word
2: journey? So, journey is about enjoying life, the good, the bad, and everything in between. I'm in a part of my journey where I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't have a plan. This is very new to me, but I'm so excited. And I'm saying yes to life, to love, and to growth. Your journey is yours and yours alone. It's you and your car figuring it out, rerouting, enjoying the sights, is what makes you every experience is going to help you grow and make you better and that's where your mindset should be but you should definitely allow yourself to enjoy it and make sure that whatever that olympic is for you whatever your olympics are enjoy the journey take notes and just keep thriving queen Yes, girl. Yes. There you have it. <laughs> all. On that note. On yes. That note,
0: thank you so much, Priscilla, for being with us, ladies. Chatting ladies, it up! Yes.
1: yes. This was so thank good. You for thank you. Me.
0: Thank you. This has been heartfelt and great. Yeah. If you if you have any questions for Priscilla, you can find Priscilla on Instagram as well at Priscilla Frederick um, yes. on Instagram, and look out for her book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and other than that, we will catch you guys later.
2: Thank you so much.